0: Hello and welcome to episode 253 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with George McHale and Chris Cam, writers of Carver of Darkness, in previews now and in shops January 2022 from SourcePoint Press. George, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. Um, Let's start off with you, uh, the returning guest, uh, and a quick bio about yourself.
1: Well, oh, thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, uh, my name is uh, George McHale. I'm a comic book writer. Um, I've previously had a series called Resilient, uh, released by Absolute Comics Group. And today, I'm here to talk about Cover Darkness from Source Point Press.
0: Awesome. And and Chris, uh, you know, this is the first time we're getting to to chat with you, but um, let's uh, let's do a bio um, on on yourself.
2: Okay. Hey, I am Chris Cam. I'm the co-creator of Cover of Darkness with George there. And I'm a writer and I've always been a writer at heart. And it's what I love to do. So I'm really excited to be able to share Cover of Darkness with everybody.
0: Awesome. And which one of you two would like to give me the the elevator pitch for for this book?
1: I got it. Um, Yeah, so Cover of Darkness is like Game of Thrones meets Universal Monsters. It's about a family in medieval Romania. They get separated from each other. Oh, no, right? And they encounter vampires, Viking werewolves, the mummy, creature from the Black Lagoon, and a steampunk Atlantean Frankenstein. So basically, it's about this family's journey back to each other, but they're on a collision course with those villains. Uh, Within the family, there is a mom, her two daughters, and she has twin shape-shifting nephews, boys that can turn into animals. So you get like gorillas, werewolves. It's totally bonkers
0: wow that does certainly sound uh super awesome uh so now we're going to sort of shift gears and we're going to get into to the interview um you know hearing that 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 elevator pitch um i guess maybe i can guess some of the influences but do you guys want to talk about uh uh some of the influences and then how the story got started
2: yeah absolutely um so george and i both like monsters definitely comes from a background of loving the universal monsters And George grew up loving comic books and we're actually cousins. So we grew up together and George introduced me to comics when we were young and got me hooked on them. And I love to read as well. And so going into the horror genre and the dark fantasy genres is what I, is my wheelhouse and my happy place. So George came up to me one day and he's like, we got, we got to create something together. And then he's like, I've got this mummy story I've been dying to tell. And I had a steampunk, Frankenstein story kind of set in Atlantis that I wanted to tell. And between those two, we just kind of started riffing off of our ideas and just throwing back and forth. Well, where can we go with it? What can we do with it? And then once we had the monster set, we started figuring out, okay, so who are our heroes? What, what's this world look like and what's going to happen? And so we came up with our five family members and kind of the, the trauma that they're going to go through as they get torn apart. And then on these collision courses with the monsters in our worlds
0: very cool and Chris am I guessing correctly that maybe um, some of your early writing experiences was sort of like in 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 the prose world am I getting that from sort of the introduction you gave us there
2: yes absolutely
0: and so that's really interesting so the did you brought the the steampunk uh, Frankenstein um, attributes to the to the story Did, did I hear that correctly
2: That is correct. Yeah, I kind of had an idea of uh, Frankenstein on on Atlantis and just in this whole steampunk world. And uh, yeah, that's that was one that I came into our collaborative process with that kind of in the back of my mind as a story that I was thinking that I would tell at some point. And it just worked so well visually that it just came onto the page beautifully.
0: Very cool. So, you know, you guys uh, have this relationship, your cousins, um and then george is like hey we got to work on something together um it sounds like you guys had these two separate ideas that sort of could be melded together um into the story um was that some of the early brainstorming was like you know i want to do this i've had this idea and then chris is like i've been thinking about this thing i think we can fold it in here was that was that some of uh, the sort of you know putting uh, putting the pieces together of the, the story?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I I watched uh, Monster Squad when I was, like, five years old. <laughs> and that just scared the pants off of me. It's not really a scary movie. Like, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically like The Goonies meets, like, the Universal Monsters. But, um, yeah, I was just terrified. I had kind of, like, a love-hate relationship with those villains, and then I went back and I watched the Universal Monsters as I got older, and and I always had just a deep, interest and love for those classic characters and I wanted to see that it, like I see a shared universe of monsters where they're interacting with each other it didn't seem like anyone else was doing it I, I, I wanted desperately for the dark universe that Universal was planning to do to come together and it, it didn't mm-hmm. and it's like let's just make our own you know so that was that was part of it too just kind of, kind of getting started
0: nice and to continue off of the the collaboration part of this, um what was some of the the early process and maybe how did it morph over time um i'm guessing and correct me if i'm um, i'm wrong here but uh chris you probably had not at a certain point seen like a comic book script and you know in the prose world where you can be a bit more verbose and, and go into a lot of description and sort of you know build atmosphere in comics it's a lot of uh you know, a script where it's like, all right, point A, point B, you know, we're going to accomplish this on the page and stuff like that. So let's talk about the collaboration of, of being co-writers uh, on this book
2: uh yeah it's been a fun process how it began was just coming out of a comic con in calgary where i live one year george and i are like okay there's nothing out there that is in the niche market that we want it to be in so we went and we went camping shortly after that and george brought along a uh, poster board and some uh post-it notes and we just started outlining our story and where we wanted it to go and we took it uh, from what is the overarching story that we wanted to tell and then what are kind of the sub stories because with five heroes we Mm -hmm. have five different stories that we're telling and we break it apart and so what we've done is we've actually kind of allocated that each of us take uh two of the characters so George often writes Thalassa and Jonas and I write Jericho and Zelina and then we share the fifth character who is Kendra just depending on who's writing what and where she's at in her story one of us will run with what we have to tell about her and uh so as a collaboration that's kind of how it works behind the scenes just as a brief overview mm-hmm. I think uh what you touched on about writing prose into the comic book world it it is a bit of a struggle for me because in the comic I can be as verbose and as wide ranging as I want to be. Um, and George is amazing at helping edit down because we don't have a lot of long speech bubbles. We have some, but not so many large speech bubbles. So George is help is good at at the editing process saying, you know what, they talk a lot here. Can you, can you tighten that up? Um, but I find with describing, um, describing the scenery and the background and that kind of thing. I find our artist is the one who really takes some of that uh, prose that I would write and turns it into a visual medium, so it actually complements really well now that I'm used to it. It took, took some time getting used to that process, but now that I am actually there MJ is just phenomenal at taking what we envision and turning that into a a visual way or taking some of those internal emotions that we can't speak to the same in in, uh, comic book style as you can in prose and Mm -hmm. turning that into a visual medium and then we just have to be tighter with our words to get some of those emotions across in the words.
0: Nice and you said some interesting things there that like you sort of divide up uh, the characters with with having five characters so where there's there's two that sort of mainly fall to you and two that mainly fall to George. And then a little bit of sharing with that fifth one. Um, so does that take the structure of the book Let's um, say like uh, it's a, and I'm just guessing here, but let's just say it's like a, like a 25 page issue. Do we basically get like four to five issues of, of Chris or four to five pages of Chris's story with a character, then we shift um, four to five pages of a, a character that, that George is is handling, and then some of the pages are are sort of co-written. Are, it,
1: is, does does that make sense, or am I am I off there? No, you're pretty close to bang on. So basically, we normally write about four pages per character, and uh, and then we also have our monsters. One thing that's neat about the the way the book is structured, though is that in the first five issues, every issue has a self-contained monster origin story. That's like its its own read on its own. And then you'll have the ongoing aspect of our family who are going to meet up with these monsters at some point. But yeah, so we, we write like four page chunks uh, for, for each character. And then we usually split it up into to two pages each, uh, not each, two pages, and then it goes on to the other characters, and then when we, re- we revisit those characters in the same issue for another two pages. So the story moves at like a fast clip. Um, and, and there's a lot to to take in, but I think it's all very manageable, even though that there's lots of different storylines happening at the same time, mm-hmm. the characters are in different places and they look very different and, and different things are happening with all of them. So um, I, I think it's pretty easy to follow.
0: Nice. And while you guys are maybe doing sort of the the, the separate storylines, the the four to five page chunks, um, are you working sort of independently for a time and then showing it to, to the to the other person on the team? or are you while you're in the midst of like you know scripting it out, you know, doing a revision? Um, are you guys sharing um, notes in between? or is it like one thing like where like George is gonna sit down? he's going to focus on, you know, this aspect of, of the story. Chris is going to sit down, focus on this aspect of the story. And then you guys are going to come back together and be like, all right, this is what I, this is what I knocked out uh, in this time timeframe. Um, or is there like almost like daily, like, this is what we have, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Like, how does, how does that work?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. We actually have the overarching idea of where the whole series is going. Mm -hmm. And then we also have three, six mini series within the overarching. So it's 18 issues in total. We have each of the six series broken down. And then for each individual comic, we touch base with each other before we start writing. So we look at each character and we just kind of touch base with each other and make sure that we're on board with where getting from point A to point B for each character within the issue that it gets them to the end of the story arc for the six issues that they are within at that moment in time. And so for Zelina, I'll be like, okay, this is what I have Zelina doing in this issue and George is like oh it might be cool if we add this or um does that stand true to her character in this way and so it really helps me flesh out my ideas and then George will be like well with the Lassa I wanted her to do this and I'll be like oh this might be cool if it appears in this portion and so we really do that before we start writing and then we both take our stories that we're writing for that individual issue and we write them out fully and completely. And then once we're done, we send them to each other and we share them and the other edits through um, and goes through and gives feedback saying, "Ah, oh, this is a little loose or does this stay true to character or might need to tighten this bit up here a bit. And uh, so then we do edit and bring attention to each other's uh, portions that we've written. And then uh, we take another pass pass on it and then george compiles it into the
1: full issue after that very cool yeah we're we're able to work fairly independently um on on our story sections because we've done so much planning and Mm -hmm. so much so much plotting that we know where we're going so yeah we're able to just kind of work on our own stories and then send it to each other for review and and then i kind of compile the 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 comic together once we have everything all, all our individual stories written
0: nice yeah i would think that that sort of uh pre-planning outlining certainly in something that is uh working with a co-writer is is very important um i could only imagine like and this is just like a like a like an extreme example but just say like george if you weren't aware that like chris was going to have somebody's arm chopped off and like you know you come you're working on your story um, and you don't know that at that point. Like, that, I that, that could throw a real wrench into to the storytelling in the future, but having it outlined so much, um, that's a good way to probably not fall into any sort of uh, pitfalls where, um, you know, one of the story aspects written by one of the persons really trips up how the, how the rest of the story is told.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's starting to get smooth. Like, we're we're working on writing issue 11 right now or okay. so it'll be we're almost on the second miniseries essentially because they're being released as as a three separate miniseries um and we used to kind of really pick at each other's work and and uh and now we just kind of know what we're doing we know where we're going we know who these characters are so it's it's really starting to come together nice
0: and you guys mentioned the artist earlier i believe you said uh, mj is that correct
1: yeah mj Hiblin. He's, okay. he's incredible
0: and is that somebody you, George that you had worked with in the past, or was this uh, like a new collaboration um, and new artist for
1: for Cover of Darkness? Yeah, so uh, he's our series artist. He's uh, someone I cold called, honestly. Uh, he's he's kind of insta famous. Uh, he has like 250,000 followers. You're probably following him. <laughs> and uh, and you might not even realize it. But he's he's out there uh, doing great stuff. He works in an interesting way. He does all his stuff digitally with his finger. He doesn't use a pencil or a stylus, which blows my mind. And it has uh, his artwork has like a very gritty kind of kinetic energy to it that fits our subject matter perfectly. And we also have another part of our art team is uh, like the legendary Batman and Nightwing artist uh, Scott McDaniel is doing a series of uh, covers for us. So he's our cover B that's available to order um, from uh, Previews magazine. And the covers that Scott have have done, has done, um, they're very collectible in that they all feature like a similar layout, uh, a big scary monster head. Uh, and then, like one of our protagonists in the in the foreground, uh, full body. So we have uh, two characters on each cover that Scott's done, and and they turned out great.
0: Interesting. So I, I want to go a little bit more into to the cold call because I have to assume that there's a number of amazing artists that are that are posting, you know, this draw draw dropping art on on Instagram, and they're probably getting and this is, I'm guessing here, but they're probably getting messages almost daily about, hey, I have this idea for a comic. Um, And, you know, what did you do to show MJ that you were like, you know, I'm really serious about this? Did you go, hey, you know, more than just a a basic idea and, and three pages, like I have, you know, this, this thing is outlined. I, I know where it's going. I'm serious about this. I've worked on other stuff in the, in the past. How did you sort of take that from, from a cold call to, to showing MJ that you you were serious about this and, you know, trying to get him on board to, to, to be the artist?
1: Well, we didn't contact him until we had our, our script finished, like our first issue. I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is they, they start talking to artists when they don't really have anything mm-hmm. like, you know, you've got to, you got to put in the work. Show them that you're, you know, legit. Um, I didn't have like uh, uh, any books out at the time, but I had written another script uh, called Fire Engine Red that had been picked up by uh, a digital publishing company that was it was going to be like a an app uh, called Comic Stream, and they had hired uh, Ali Garza, who's worked on like Supergirl and Teen Titans, and um, so I, I had that kind of cred that I could just leverage, even the littlest bit. To get him to read the script and once once mj read the script he was like all in nice
0: yeah i would think that uh i like got a, a fully like developed first issue script is very helpful and you know a lot of times i, I have to assume that these artists are getting like a, a message through instagram like hey i want to write a comic um you know, but they, the, the person, you know, has all the intentions there to, to do it, but they haven't really fully thought the idea out or, or presented it in a way to, to show that artist that that they're serious about it. So you guys came with, uh, you know, more than just like a, hey, I want to write a, I want to make a comic. Let's, let's do this sort of message that you would send, send an artist uh, online and stuff like that. So, you you guys said that um, you know you're working on issue 11 right now. Um, I would like to turn our attention to um, pitching this story. Um, correct me if I'm wrong if I'm if I'm, I'm wrong here, George. But um, you know, you sent me an email. We we we, we talked at um, Awesome Con, um, and that you, you know you felt, let me know that the book had been picked up by by was it at Awesome Con that you, you talked to the guys at, at Sourcepoint?
1: Oh well, uh, the Sourcepoint Press team they do like seventy conventions a year, mm-hmm. so they're they'll have like up to four teams going on any on any given weekend um, out at different conventions selling books. And so in twenty nineteen, I did like eighteen shows, mm-hmm. and I was on the road quite a bit, and I just kept on running into those guys time and time again. And, you know, at first I pitched them my book and then, you know, it was kind of like a hurry up and wait sort of situation. So, you know, just kind of get to know each other and go for beers after a show or, you know, go grab dinner and, and just, just kind of hanging out. And, you know, I knew that the, the comic was uh, in their kind of wheelhouse. Like they, they really sell a lot of horror books. So just making that connection with them. And then they actually were, were, interested in 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 bringing us in earlier but with 2020 it kind of you know uh slowed things down a little bit
0: yeah so uh, probably one of the things that maybe was very uh enticing to them was sort of that them seeing the work ethic and the you know your your want uh to to be out there and to do so many shows that probably showed them your your seriousness about that too do you think that was a beneficial i mean because i know you know maybe maybe if somebody came up and, and pitched them once um at one show that might work but you know then they see that that guy or gal later um still out there you know still hustling still going to shows it's it, that probably is uh as a benefit as well. Do you, do you feel that the amount of time
1: you put on the road um, is a benefit to you? Yeah, I, I do feel that way. Like, I think a publisher like wants to be with a winner, you know what I mean? And so if you're out there going to shows and selling your book and you've got your elevator pitch like down and, you know, and, and you can sell on your own, then they're keen to work with you because They can see that you can do it and and then they want to they want to work with you too especially if they like your book that like that's that's most of it but a a good chunk of it is is them seeing that you're willing to put in the work because i think Mm -hmm. times have changed from past days where the you know you would just create it and then the publisher would sell it i think they're looking for for writers and artists to sell their own projects as well
0: yeah that makes sense and, and Chris, I know that you mentioned early on that uh, George and you had had come out of a out of con, I, I believe, somewhere in Canada, and you're like, all right, we, we need to do this. Um, do you hit the, the con circuit, maybe not to the extent that, that George does?
2: I do within uh, my province, so I, I'm up in Canada, so I live in Alberta. Okay. I, I hit the con within uh, Alberta, but I don't travel as extensively as George does. He's yeah. he's hitting throughout uh, North America. He's gone uh, to Prince George all the way down to Florida. He's been coast to coast.
0: Yeah, I I, I get to follow the the adventures of George online and see, um, you know, where he's popping up each each weekend online. It's it's uh, it's quite impressive.
2: It is, isn't I? I'm in awe. He travels <laughs> a lot. I, I'm, always impressed.
0: Awesome. So, you know, if is there any other things you want to talk about um, with with the book? I feel like you know we had a good elevator pitch, um, and then we got deeper into it. We 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 talked about process a little bit. Um, is there anything else um, you you guys want to talk about the book, um, and then maybe we can go into some of the the release schedule that we that we have here?
1: Uh, we're just excited to finally have it out, you know, uh, from a retailer here. Like it's it's important to to order the book and and stuff, but just just having that kind of vote of confidence um, from a publisher saying, "Yeah, this is cool," we want. We, uh, we think this is a quality project. We want to put it out there. They put a, a two-page ad for us out in, in uh, Previews mm-hmm. Magazine. So it's, it's been really cool. Like, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be with SourcePoint Press. And and yeah, I'm, I'm just excited about like, where this is going even further. Like, I, I was actually just approved uh, to get into San Diego Comic-Con for the first oh. time ever. So I, I got a table there. So just signing with this publisher is kind of opening more doors for us. So I'm, I'm excited for the future.
0: Very cool. So I hope both of you guys have a a, cop, a paper copy of that previews to just sort of open it up and look at that uh, two page ad and, and just sort of reflect on all the, all the work that you guys have put in to, to get it to this point. So do you guys both have a copy of that?
2: Oh, Got yeah.
1: one right here yeah, yeah <laughs> right absolutely
2: well and just to see it in in print in paper that that just does my heart good i just love seeing and holding it and um i i like digital just fine but seeing it in print makes a huge difference and just touches in a way that i never knew it would
0: yeah i i agree with you i mean i i do enjoy the convenience of of a digital book but um you know i'm of an age where um, I would have bought my first book off of a spinner rack and in a, a grocery store or a drugstore, um, and there's still nothing. At least with comics, I have found um, that replaces the the feel of opening it up and and, and flipping through the through the pages. So the the, the you know the, the see it in print is, is is one thing.
2: Yeah, it really is. I agree completely.
1: Yeah, I remember the first time we just self printed. So Cover of Darkness was the first one that like the first series that i ever had printed at all and uh and i remember uh, chris was coming out for her birthday we met like halfway because we, we live about eight hours apart so okay. we met up halfway uh and had like a birthday dinner and, sh- and she brought some copies of the book that that she had got printed and i was just like just grinning like an <laughs> idiot for like a solid hour just you know just looking at it and just being like so happy. it was like almost like having a baby like it was like it was just amazing to really just have it uh have something in your hands that that, that you've made you know
0: yeah um so the the book is in previews uh now right um so i, I was trying to look at this earlier today um it's is do we have the november previews out right now for for books in in january do do i have that correct that's right yeah that,
2: that is right yeah
0: yeah and uh so we're probably going to see you know issue 2 here in the next one but let's just talk about how important it is um you know if you've listened to this interview you're intrigued by this this story, how important it is to, to go to your, to your LCS, your local comic book shop and say, Hey, you know what? I heard Chris and George on, on this podcast. Um, this book sounds really cool. I want this book, um, added to my pull list. Um, one of two things is that, you know, with a smaller, uh, smaller publisher, you know, you, you, you might not have this book, on the shelf to, to get there, or they might only have a few copies. Um, and by the time you get there, they, they might be gone. Cause I know a lot of these source point, um, press books can, can be hot. Like I I think of the, the dead end kids books, like those, those things sold out really quick. So let's talk about the importance of, of pre-ordering.
2: Yeah, the importance of pre ordering just can't be talked up enough because it really, especially with the first issue, really sets the bar for how many the publisher is going to order or, sorry, print and how many the local comic book stores are going to bring in. SourcePoint Press isn't one of the big four publishers, it's a smaller publisher. And so for comic book stores to take a chance on it, it's so important for people to go in and say, this sounds intriguing can I give the first one a try and any kind of interest like that comic book shops are absolutely interested and want to know what people are reading and what sounds intriguing and what interests them. And so the more you go talk to your shop and just help them curate what they bring in, the more likely you are to get those monster issues and stories that you don't see as much maybe, or those smaller publishers that you might not see as much.
0: Yeah. And I think one thing that's also good there is, is that let's, let's just say that there's a comic book shop um, and there's an owner, and and a few of his customers come in and say, "Hey, I'm interested in uh, Cover of Darkness." He's going to see that there's a there's a little bit of interest, at least from a couple people in his shop on this book. So he then he or she, I should say, might be um, more apt to go. All right, you know, I know that I have three orders for for folks in my shop to to put in their in their box from their pull list let me grab another three and put these on the shelf. Like, so there's, there's a little bit of that. It will, it, it, it'll encourage the uh, the shop owner to, to maybe get a little bit more than just the, the ones that are ordered by his, his loyal customers. Right.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah I would, that, and like,
2: that's key. I'd encourage people to
1: just, add the series to your pull list like yeah you, you're you gonna like it like it's it's super cool each issue has like a standalone monster origin story in it so you get like a self-contained good read every issue but then we also have this ongoing aspect to it that's going to get you hooked in with the family and it, it's a fun series and it's important to, to come on now because we're building this really cool universe and in order to get like this whole series out, like we have 18 issues planned all together through three mini series. You know, if you wanna see like the, the sequel series, you, you gotta come in for the first one.
0: Very true. So, um, you know, you were saying how excited you were the first time you you printed up um, some comics and, and George, you and Chris sat down and just sort of um, admired, you know, that the book that you had worked on was was now a thing. And, and i i know george in the in you know the previous one I had you on for for resilient um you know you had you know a publisher for that um but what is it gonna be like for you guys um in january to 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 walk into a shop and and see this book uh sitting on a on a shelf uh is is that gonna be a new sort of uh exciting time for you guys?
1: I'm thrilled oh. yeah, I can't wait dude it's um it's fun. I, I'm really looking forward to having new fans of the series. You know, like we've been we've been putting this book out for three years now. And so, you know, in Crystal's area, Calgary and Edmonton, and I've been doing like a lot of shows uh, on the West Coast, like Vancouver, Seattle, Portland. I've been there like three years in a row. So I'm we're starting to get people coming back and, and asking for it. And like, hey, do you have anything new? And yeah, well, and we've been always kind of having new issues every year. So mm-hmm. um, selling it. Uh, the independent issues are cool and it's fun meeting fans of the series and, and having people come back, but I'm really looking forward to having people be a fan of the series that I've never met before that I, me or Crystal haven't sold an issue to personally, you know, because up until now it's all been personal, like one-on-one selling and, and now to have the publisher behind us and have people picking up the, Book in cities I've never been to, and you know it's going to be cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Nice, yeah. That that's got to be a, a new and exciting uh, uh, feeling for for you guys. Um, so you know, we, we did the origin, we we did the process talk, um, and then we we did the sort of the the importance of of pre ordering, and um, you know, it's almost like um, I feel like. I equate it to to like a Kickstarter. Like when you're running a Kickstarter, um, you have to, you, you're constantly hustling. But now, you know, you sort of I, I look at it as like leveling up. So now you've you found a publisher, but you, you're still doing the the hustle here to 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 get the the word out. You're going on podcast, um, you're promoting. Um, uh, George, I know that you're promoting um, very well through social media. I see a lot of, of your posts. Um, so do you have, a, do you guys want to talk about sort of your um, your philosophy there? Um, are you trying to like daily get a, a message out on sort of most of the, you know, social media sites uh, to hopefully get people to to see the book?
1: Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've been after it hard. Like this is my dream and I really wanted to be a success, and, and there's kind of a lot riding on it too. Because, like I said, we've we're almost done the second uh, miniseries, and if if the first one you know doesn't sell, then then they're not going to release the second one. So we've we've got to make this one a hit. And another component um, that you you didn't touch on is starting to establish that relationship with retailers. That's something that I was really flagging on. You know just going to conventions and selling to people directly is cool but at some point you have to reach out to the retailers and and start developing a relationship with them and and so i've actually compiled like a, a master list of stores so i can email them and, and let them know what the book is about and, and and be there and yeah and start working on things like hey are you interested in being like a for exclusive cover and and things like that too the, the source point press team there they're helping with that too for sure but but these are things that that i'm having to focus on now that i i never knew before
0: yeah that's that's yeah that is uh it that is interesting like um i've had a few other creators who have been on the show that have sort of in this similar um part of their career and yeah I've, i've heard you know often that like hey i have this email list of Two hundred shops, and you know I'm emailing them, and you know um, hopefully they they open it up, and hopefully they get back to me, and then I, then I try to establish a uh, a connection there. So there there it's nearly nonstop is you know what you're doing to to try to get the the word out on on a book like this.
1: Yeah, another thing I did too was um, I created a poster um, for the store, like just an eleven by seventeen that would like fold in half. Mm-hmm. and i i sent that out to 200 stores actually nice uh, that's that's a good idea yeah so we'll we'll see hopefully they put them up uh, i did it with resilient as well uh, only 100 stores with resilient but uh, i doubled down for for cover darkness cool cool
0: and uh i know that uh, you guys are um, in canada um different uh different provinces uh a bit away Do you guys have any hopes of doing like uh, signings in the the January February timeframe when when these books are coming out?
2: Yeah, we've uh, both approached our local comic book stores to do it, but together I don't see us doing it together. Possibly for the Calgary one. Okay. Um, We've kind of talked about the Calgary convention. The Calgary comic convention, that's correct. Sorry, and uh, then we've talked about maybe New York together in the fall next year. So. Uh, that's kind of where we're standing with that.
0: Nice, nice. And uh, you know, I know that George has a lot of different uh a lot of different stories that he's working on. Um, Chris, are you uh is there anything that you're working on other than than Cover of Darkness? Maybe a, a, a prose piece, another comics, uh another comic series? Is there anything else that uh and if you know now's not the time to really talk about it? Um, that's that's perfectly fine. But is there there's there anything else you're working on or is your sort of mindset uh, cover of darkness right now.
2: Uh, it's definitely cover of darkness right now, but I do have another one I'm working on roughly titled dragons and bots and I'm on to the second issue of that one that I'm doing and it's kind of a, a teen young reader uh, set in a futuristic world with dragons and nanobots and yeah that one's a fun one and then I'm always working on something prose
0: cool cool and george i know that you are a man of uh a couple of different titles you know you were on this podcast before to talk about resilient um are there any other projects you want to talk about um right now
1: well i'm currently writing like four other series um with and i'm starting to collaborate more with co-writers and things like that to different people but um the one I'd, I'd like to shout out would be hybrid force uh, i I just finished it this uh this year and printed off uh, some copies for myself and I'm currently talking to multiple publishers about it but um I have it for sale uh like my indie kind of self-printed first run uh, and I'll have that with me in in Emerald City and uh and San Diego uh in the next few weeks. Nice.
0: Emerald City is uh coming up pretty soon, right?
1: Yeah, December 3rd to 5th. So I've got yeah you know, two weeks, two more shows this year, and uh, and then I'm taking a break for Christmas.
0: Yeah, well, well deserved uh, with uh, with the amount of miles that you put on, uh, you know, going to different cons this year. Um, I got Hybrid Force from you at Awesome Con. That's if do I remember correctly. That's a bit of a, um, not exactly a young readers, but it sort of leans a little bit more young readers. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's a manga series um, that is done in full color and it's kind of like uh, Ninja Turtles meets X-Men, you know, kind of kind of vibe to it. And yeah, it's, uh, it's about three heroes that have uh, been genetically modified with uh, either plants or animals that can heal themselves. So you have Thorn, Lizard Lady, and Octo, and they were created by Dr. Insomnia. This guy never <laughs> sleeps. He's gone insane but he's also brilliant because he's up all night learning. And Dr. Insomnia has this evil organization called Testify and they hijack a space station. And it's up to our heroes to break free from Insomnia's mind control, discover the secrets of their past, and and then try and stop him when he threatens the earth. Kind of Saturday morning cartoon kind of idea, but uh, kind of brought to life. And I actually created the plant character. Like I drew him when I was like 10 years old. And I just kind of always wanted to use that character, so I finally did, and that's uh, brought together with uh, with Mystic Arts is the mm-hmm. name of the artist, and, and she's just a fantastic uh, talent from Serbia that I contacted through Instagram again.
0: Very cool. Yeah, um, one of the things that uh, I, I really enjoy here is the, to hear the excitement uh, from George when he's uh, when he's pitching his project, like the your, your voice, uh, your voice gets louder and you can just hear sort of how excited you are for, for these stories. So like when you were describing like, you know, Ninja Turtles meets X-Men, I was like, oh man, that sounds awesome. And then you like, you went more into it and, you know, we had a, a villain with a, with a crazy kooky name and just the excitement in your voice was,
1: was a lot of fun. Thanks, man. I, I love doing this stuff. Right. So And I think that's, you know, like, if anyone's out there, that's kind of getting started, like, it's really important to convey your, your, your passion when you're talking about your projects, because a lot of times people are buying your book for lots of different reasons. And a big part of it is how does it look? Mm -hmm. If the art's killer, then that's, that's more than half the battle. But then also, do they like you? You know, are they getting a good vibe off of you? And, and are you excited about the story? Does it sound like an interesting story? And You know, I I realize as a writer, most people aren't necessarily buying my book for the story because they don't know it. They don't know what the story is. All they know is what I'm telling them. They see the art and they're like, this is cool. All right. I like this guy. Let's give it a chance. Uh, For me and and Chris, like when we get our our biggest compliment is when people come back, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe they bought the book on Friday and they come back on Saturday and they're like, "Whoa, that was so cool. Give me issue two. Give me, give me, give me, you know, like that's, that's the biggest compliment for us
0: yeah that that's that's great yeah it's 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 amazing to to make something but then to hear somebody um really connect with it and come back and tell you how much they enjoy that that that's that's a whole nother level of uh sort of satisfaction and just sort of excitement about uh, storytelling so that that's really cool um so let's do this as we close up let's um Let's let's go to Chris first. Um, Chris, is there any sort of social media that, that you'd like to, to give out um, for folks to follow you uh, online?
2: Yeah, you can find me at at Cam Crystal on Instagram. So that's C-A-M-C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that you can find me on Instagram.
0: Nice. I'll, I'll put a link to that into the show notes, and I know that George's Insta- our social media game is, is, is pretty strong, um, and you also do a, a couple of YouTube shows, so George, why don't you let folks know
1: um, where they can follow you online? Uh, Facebook, it's uh, George McHale. Um, Instagram, it's at comicbookgeorge youtube i've got um inside comics where i talk about how to make comics it's an interview show and and then i also have another channel on youtube called inside movies and that's me and a uh, a bunch of comic book writers and we and artists and we and we look back at like old action movies like rambo and predator and we just goof around and 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 review them we do give reviews but we talk about the good the bad and the skinny and in, in <laughs> an episode and it's uh it's pretty fun so yeah those those are the main ways to kind of keep up with me very cool
0: and let's do the uh let's do a, a another pitch for um cover of darkness again currently in previews um as the time of recording it's uh november of 2021 it'll be in shops in january 2022 so uh either chris or george whichever one is is more comfortable with it um pitch us one more time on this really cool monster series that's going to be coming out from source point press
1: you want to take it chris
2: yeah i got it um so set in a medieval world thinking game of thrones meets universal monsters we have a mom and her two daughters and she has a pair of shape-shifting nephews that turn into so throughout the story you're going to get this family we brutally tear them apart and put them on a collision course with some of the worst monsters you can imagine we've got vampires we've got the creature from the black lagoon we've got viking werewolves if you can think of a universal monster they're in our book so some gore some great dialogue and some really awesome action cover of Mm -hmm. darkness
0: very cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for that again. And guys, thanks so much for, for being on the podcast. Um, you know, you guys have an open invite, um, you know, if you guys want to come back after a few issues have uh, been released and sort of we can have sort of a, a state of the union on, on cover of darkness, you know, talk about how things are going, um, you know, where things are, are going to go next. Uh, you guys have an open invite. So so just let me know anytime you guys want to come back on the podcast.
2: Thanks Thanks, so much.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So again, I'm going to have links to everybody's uh, social media in the show notes. And most importantly, I'm going to have a link to Cover of Darkness um, in the previews catalog, you know, previews.com. So that if you're listening right now, you can just open up that pod player, scroll down in the show notes Click on that link and go directly to the, to the web page, um, so you can see that stuff and let your, your shop know this is the book that you want to get. Uh, so make sure you do that. Um, if you want to follow this podcast, you can follow the, us at Twitter and that is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is pod and Facebook is ConstructingComics. Um, there'll also be a Kickstarter link to Future Tales of Sci-Fi. That is a anthology um, that Noah, uh, and myself are part of, we have a story in that. So, um, we're going to link to that Kickstarter, but once again, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.